listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna, and I'm excited to be with today's guest today. She is the founder of an amazing movement called The Uncommon Woman. She's also a success coach, and we're here today talking about all things Uncommon Woman and the Divine Feminine. Marlo Ellis is here today, and she is driven to share her message of healing and empowerment with women across the globe. Along with nurturing her growing community of nearly 20,000 women across all of her social media platforms, Marlo runs live events, online programs, and retreats to bring the women in her community together as they find the power within their pain and their stories. Her vision is to create a stronger feminine presence in life and in business by providing safe spaces for women to heal their painful past and unlock their full potential. Marlo helps women stand on the shoulders of their stories so that they can access the life of their dreams by excavating their painful memories and past and taking unapologetic action to live their own lives. This is an exciting interview. I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing and hopefully taking away nuggets for yourself. And as always, you can continue the conversation in the show comments where we'll have everything there, including links to finding Marlo on social media and through her website. Enjoy the show, guys. Hey, Marlo. Welcome to She Rises. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. We we spoke like, I think last year, which, uh, um, and I wanted to have you on the show and as life would have it, now's the perfect time. And um, I love that. I love perfect timing and I love divine timing. And I'm so happy that we're finally having this conversation and that you're here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Super excited about the conversation. It's a good way to start my day. Perfect yeah. way to start my day. I know you mentioned it was really early there where you are. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I won't tell you how early because I don't want you to feel bad, Giovanna. Oh, that's okay. Well, I think I'm two, I'm two hours ahead of you where I am. Yeah. 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 So, okay. That's okay. And it's early-ish here. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on. I mean, for multiple reasons. One, you've started this amazing movement called The Uncommon Woman. But really on a, for, on a personal level, my curiosity was number one, I wanted to have more of a discussion, right, about this uncommon woman, but I really wanted to know more about you, right? The un the uncommon woman behind the uncommon woman movement and <laughs> how this began and, and what the journey is that it brought you on. So I wonder if you would start with that and we'll kind of roll from there. Yeah. So it's been quite the journey. You know, the other day somebody asked me about, you know, how I get this question a like, lot, you know, how did the uncommon woman start? Like where did it come from? And I always say, I don't really know, you know, there's not, there's no checklist. You remember career fairs in high school? Yeah. <laughs> and they would have a checklist and you'd have to go down the checklist and choose all of the things that really lit you up. Well, I always struggled with that. That really Me was too. not my favorite There was day. never anything on there that. 
like career day was hell for me, you know, mm -hmm. because I really didn't, I really did not know when I was a young girl, young teenager, even a young adult, what it was that I wanted to spend my life doing. I really didn't. And now I understand why, because there was no name for it at the time. And I still had lots of work to do and lots of preparation for the role that I was placed in. But the, the short version of this story is that in 2011, I got into business with somebody and he and I ended up falling in love and that relationship became really toxic. And I would call it an emotionally abusive relationship, you know, when I look at what that really means. And I had to get myself out of that because my life was threatened. And at the time that I was going through this, this wasn't a pattern that I had from my younger years. I didn't come from a family where there was any abuse. I didn't have this as my backstory. So I didn't understand what was going on. To be quite honest with you, I look back now and of course all the signs were there, but I'm so much wiser now than I was then. I had just been a teacher for 10 years and retired and gone into the fitness industry and life was good and I was loving things and all of a sudden this relationship went sideways really quickly and it was dangerous. And so I spent about a year and a half really quiet and I didn't talk to people about what was going on. He and I had a really successful fitness business and we were kind of like the fitness couple in our community. We had built this really beautiful business and from the outside we had it all, you know, and, and when we were high, we were really high and people saw that. But when we were low, it was really bad. And I now know that his childhood had such a massive impact on the man that he is today. But I didn't under, again, I've learned so much through the work that I've done over the last eight years, but he was just a really uh, sad, broken human being. And he really was, he had lots and lots of childhood trauma and he just didn't know how to manage it. And I didn't know what that would look like in a relationship. So I was really quiet and I withdrew what was going on and I, kept it all behind closed doors. And I didn't really tell anybody until it got really bad. And then I spoke to one of my best friends and then I let my parents know. And so 18 months after he and I met, I left. And I kind of had to leave without any notice um, to keep myself safe. <clears throat> but you know how you create what you need in your own life. And uh -huh. so, I, I left that relationship and, and built my own fitness facility and my own fitness community. And what I did was I ended up creating a community for women who were in pain. That's really what it was. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but the women that I was attracting into this business when I left his business and started my own were all these women who were just like me, you know, women who had painful divorce stories or they had had breast cancer or some sort of form of illness and maybe lost their breasts or had, had a really hard time or maybe they were empty nesters. <clears throat> um, they had experienced abuse, uh, devastation, tragic loss of a person that they loved, like all of the, all of the stories, like the entire spectrum. And these women were coming to my gym and this was the community that I was creating. And three years down the line, so 2015, I turned around and looked at the women that I was serving at my fitness facility. And I thought to myself, you know, these women are all representations of who I was and what they really need is safe space for 
sharing and for building friendships that are meaningful and deep relationships and they need somebody to support them. And that was when I was called, like it was literally kind of an overnight thing that happened. And so I went to a live event, funny how these things change you. I went to an event because I knew that was something was shifting in my soul. And I didn't know exactly what that meant because I had built this brand new, huge fit. Like I literally built a fitness facility, like from the ground up. And uh, I realized that I was going to probably have to leave this business to do the work that I'm doing today. And I just was terrified, right? You know, oh, yeah. so much time and energy into something. And then three years later, you get a nudge. And so I went to a live event and the woman who was hosting the event had the identical story to me. She'd had a fitness facility and several years in, she was called to do work, uh, work with women and build tribe and things like that. And so she handed over the keys to her fitness facility and never looked back. And I remember sitting in the chairs and just thinking, holy, this is my story. This is what I need to do. So I hired her as a coach and the rest is history. Closed my gym two and a half months later. And, and here you are rolled into the work I'm doing today. <laughs> yeah. I, I thank you for sharing that with us. And, and what, you know, what really, it really resonated with me personally. And what strikes me is the, you know, the, uh, the abusive relationship is sort of like a tale as old as time. Right. And yeah. yet there's still so much shame and like losing our voice in that. And I, for me personally, you know, resonates. I just, um, in spending a year writing my memoir, which has now morphed into a different kind of book, but, um, I just sort of publicly shared my abusive relationship story last year, um, on the speaker mm -hmm. slam sp stage actually. And, you know, it was, I, I was holding it in and I didn't actually realize what a relief it was to actually say it out loud and let it go because I had such shame behind, I allowed that to happen. Right. And there's so much self-blame in that. And it, and yeah. it kind of like, it shut me up for years. And, and it's interesting to me that it, because it is so common that that happens, um, how it really, you know, shuts us up and we don't want to admit it. And, you know, I had so many people when I came out with it say to me, Oh my God, I can't believe like you're so confident and you're, you're so strong and you're such like externally, like such a powerful woman. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, so then it's even worse. Cause like, Oh my God, how could I allow that to happen? And so what I love too, about your movement is that you do give women a voice. And um, I mean, you even have, you mentioned before we started recording, you even support women through a program of mm -hmm. uh, helping them say their story out loud because, and there's such an importance to that. Cause I really, it was such a relief. I mean, I had a vulnerability hangover for about two weeks after I, <laughs> after I did this speech, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe yeah. I said that out loud. And now it's on YouTube. Oh my God. Right. Um, but there was such a relief after, and I was like, I can just let this go. And so um, that part struck, struck out to me, especially when you were speaking, mm. um, because, you know, we said again, before we were sort of recording, as I said, you know, the movement is about the uncommon woman. And I'd love for you to touch on this next about what's uncommon about her, because it's so, you know, quote unquote, common, the things that these women experience. And yet right. there's that piece. So tell us a bit about that piece that makes these women particularly uncommon. Cause that's super. Yeah. Powerful. And, you know, I love that you brought that up because I get asked that this is probably the most asked question over and above, you know, how do you, how do you share your story or, you know, what does it mean to share your story? People always say to me, why did you call it the uncommon woman when all of these were all experiencing pain? 
And I think it's a great question. And actually, when I when I came up with the name, it was a name that funny kind of backstory is that the uncommon woman uh, was a name that another woman who I had met had had uh, decided to buy. She had bought the domain. She and I were having a conversation, and I was telling her about my movement. And I said, "This is what it is," and I just don't want to, like, I don't know what to call it because it's it's uncommon these women are uncommon because they have these stories that are common but they're not sharing them and she said oh my god i have owned this domain for years and i've wow. never used it and this is why <laughs> and she sold it to me is that not the craziest story that is and we serendipity. Were both like, she found it and basically held it for me while i got to work and you know went through my stuff it was total serendipity. So what's uncommon about these women, you know, to get back to your question is that they share their stories. They have stepped forward despite the pain, despite the risks that come with stepping forward, despite the opinions of others, and really despite losing it all, they step forward and say, here's my truth. And the reason that I'm sharing it is because number one, I deserve to be heard and seen. But second of all, I might be able to save or support somebody else out there. And yeah. so that's, that's uncommon because what has sadly been the history of women over the last several decades, right, is that we've been silenced. We've been told to not talk about things. We've, we've been told to, you know, get over it or keep it quiet or, you know, don't ruffle feathers. And so this is why women are now struggling to come forward. And when they do, there's such massive reaction to it right yeah. because we've been quiet for so long these stories are everywhere. everywhere and there's such a power in the storytelling of it mm. um and especially within tribe and within community and this is why you know i think movements that have been happening all over the place like you know the me too movement is this like resurgence of this right you know you know this kali energy this divine feminine energy that is like ready to just you know keep reclaiming and keep reclaiming and um it's so important because the, when you get together as a community, as a tribe, which women, you know, from, from the dawn of time, this is what we've done. We're community creatures, right? We create community. Yeah. We, we sit in community. And when you tell your story, there's healing for you. Yes. But there's also healing for someone listening who thinks that maybe they're alone and, and they're the only one experiencing that. And, and it's funny because it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're going through. We have this tendency to feel like we're alone in it even though maybe logically we know well yeah there's people suffering depression all over the place or there's women that are you know in abusive relationships you know left right and center Everywhere. but we tend to just feel so alone and so i think yeah. that's why it's even more powerful this uncommon piece is no have a voice say what it is share it we want to hear it right like welcoming in like we want to hear your voice absolutely oh absolutely yeah. absolutely and it's, it's not just about sharing your story with other people. It's really first and foremost about healing. Mm -hmm. And I have a, quite a few women that, you know, will contact me and say, I have a story, but I don't want to share it. And, you know, I honor that. I, I, I honor that. And I don't think that everybody's story needs to be shared. But I do believe that we need to release our stories, whether it's through therapy or counseling or journaling or you know, spending some time in solitude and, and 
doing that healing work on our own and having conversations with self. I do believe that we have to release the energy around it because what we have been doing is not just not sharing, but we also have just been repressing. And Uh that's why we're sicker than ever, more addicted than ever, uh, you know, more, more anxious than ever, more depressed than ever. And it's because of all of the stuff that we've literally just contained, right? For years and, and for decades, for generations. So it gets carried through the, you know, through the generations. It does. It gets carried through your lineage. And I, you know, I love, uh, I just, it goes around every so often. I just saw it the other day as well. It's like when you, when you release your story, when you deal with your stuff, when you heal, basically you're not just healing yourself, right? You're, you're healing your lineage retroactively, healing your children and whoever comes after you. And so, I mean, it is a huge responsibility to, you know, either tell the story if you're ready to tell it and it's healed enough for you to tell it because you want to. And if you don't, um, say it to someone, like get it, get it off your chest, release it. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a conversation, um, several months ago with someone very close to me who revealed that she had suffered abuse as a child. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like you have like how many people have you told and how, and, and this woman's middle age now. And mm-hmm. it turns out she barely told a Hasn't. soul. Right. Exactly. And we carry this and it manifests in our body as, as illness. You know, one of my just coming from an alternative medicine background and a, a just mind body medicine, one of the ways we, we manifest these repressions is, is, is illness. And I think it's part of the rise. I mean, of course there's environmental toxins, et cetera, but it's part of the rise of all these you know, feminine um, and female-related diseases, as we are just holding so much of this pain. Absolutely, yeah. I could I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I believe strongly in in the power of healing, and in you know, it, it's been since the beginning of time. Women have been sitting in circle, right, sharing and communing and caregiving and leaning in on one another it's part of our wiring and it's the nurturing side of the divine feminine and when you shut that down because of you know the way that society is set up so for example women who have children don't necessarily get together in in circle during the day and spend the whole day together cooking and you know spending time with their the kids as a community it's more like mom is home isolated with her children Uh and this is happening on an epidemic level and that's not the way that it's supposed to be. And so mothers are struggling, you know, they're isolated and alone. Nurturing is part of the role of being a parent, right? Of of mothers in particular, that's just how we're wired. And when you take these women who are meant to be in community and we separate them, it's, it's difficult. I was watching an Oprah Winfrey, like some reruns the other day, and there were all these moms on the show who were all alcoholic moms. So they were home with their children because they didn't need to work. That was the arrangement they had with their husbands, but they were drinking all day. Mm. And the reason that they were drinking is because they were so, I, like the children were there, but they didn't have any adult company. And it was really interesting, you know? And so Oprah had her cameras kind of follow these women during the day and you know they were day drinking and they had bottles under their beds and the kids were overplaying and they were sipping and and over the amount, over the course of the day they got pretty drunk 
right? And it was their way of coping with their yeah. loneliness. And I was like, wow, wow, that's really Well, that's powerful. an epidemic, right? In and of itself is loneliness. Like I, I just, Absolutely. in this over-connected wirelessly world we're in, we're the most disconnected from ourselves principally and from other people. And we, and we get this pseudo connection from like, you know, popping onto social, but we're, we're just suffering from loneliness. I find. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned something as you were speaking there, and I, I really I would love you to elaborate and talk about this more because this term divine feminine gets thrown around a lot. Um, right. And, you know, I, I, and I'm a big proponent and teacher of it. And at one point I was like, I don't want to use that term anymore because it's so overused. And I'm, I've embraced it again now because I just, there's no other way of saying it. Really. There's no other way to say <laughs> there's it. There's no other way of saying it. It's just like deal with the people. That's how, that's right. how I'm going to say it. But I want you, I'd love your take on what that is for you and what that means for you. Um, and just if you can share that with the audience. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a great question. I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that before. And I, I feel like it's a big question, (laughs) you know, I'm like, there's, I'm not Clarissa, you know, um, women who run with wolves. It's, she's she's the expert. You're well, but I think we all have our own expert. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I ask because I think it's such a point. It's such a powerful statement and it's such a point of clarity. Like, it's kind of like, I feel like women look at that and they're like, yeah, I want that. But wait, wait, yeah, no, wait, I is that, <laughs> but absolutely. I want it. <laughs> so to me, the divine feminine is really tapping back into our innate nature, like uh, who we are at the core as we, as a collective, right? So there are things that we all have in common. And, you know, one of them, like I said, is the nurturing piece and we have our creative piece and we have our leadership and, and our love and our communication and our sensuality and our sexuality and our softness and our empowering way and you know our ability to give birth and all like create life right and and to create greater things and to me that's all divine feminine and these are all of the things that have been oppressed and suppressed and repressed over the last several decades and so when i talk about the divine feminine i talk you know i'm I'm really referring to what it is that we haven't been accessing like that divine feminine power where you can still be very much a woman but it be in a role, a role of leadership, right? Or be very much a woman, but still stand in your power. You don't have to step into your masculine energy oh. all the time in order to get shit done, quote yeah. unquote, right? And I find that the, the, less, what, the less that I am in my masculine energy because of the work that I do, the more in flow and the more productive I am. And that has been a massive awakening for me mm-hmm. because I believed that I had to actually be in more of a masculine, get it done energy. Yeah. And I spent quite a few years there, especially coming out of the fitness industry, which at the time was still predominantly male, especially when it came to fitness facilities, uh, being a fitness gym, like a gym owner. And so when I left fitness, I was in such masculine energy and it took me a few years to soften it up and to trust, really to trust that being in the divine feminine was going to be an empowered place for me. Yeah. Well, that's key right there is trusting that it's an empowered place. And the, you know, this is, I I say, this is like basically what, you know, the patriarchy has, patriarchy has done, you know, I was going to say to us, but it's actually 
we've taken this on, right? So now, now we do the patriarchy to ourselves, right? But right. it's like the remnants and the residual of the, you know, our bra burning sisters who we needed. We needed them to be free and we needed them to be on fire and we needed them to say, screw you, I can do it as good as you can. And then there was an element where that, that divine femininity was like lost a little bit because we felt we had to embrace, you know, put on your big boy pants, you know, don't cry at work. Don't bring, you know, be as, be as good as the man kind of thing. And we lost right. a little bit of that. And that's what I love. I love that you're teaching it. I love that you're bringing it forward, especially because you have an audience and a tribe that you've built and there's women paying attention now. And it's like, feminine does not mean weak, right? Like, you know, Kali is feminine. She's a female goddess, right? She's, mm -hmm. she's the righteous anger. She's the one that gets things done. And it's so important. I think the re-education of the feminine of really realizing you know, where your power comes from. And it doesn't like, yeah, you can bring in masculine qualities when you need to and, and energy, right. energetically speaking, but it doesn't have to be where you live if that's not where you abide comfortably. So yeah, right. I love that. I love that. I had this really great coach a few years ago who really supported me in that transition. And it was something that she had noticed. And I think this is, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's so important it was something that she had noticed about my work ethic was that I was working with women. And I know there are so many women right now who work specifically with women. And so that's why I wanted to bring this forward. And she said, if you're going to work with women, you have to honor the divine feminine. And I didn't even know what she was talking. <laughs> you about. were like, pardon, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, I am. <laughs> and she said, no, like you need to be the divine feminine. And that was, uh, that was part of that massive transition I was talking about. Well, I, and so we had long conversations about it. And then I would go and be in my divine feminine. And that was in my relationship that I was in. It was in all areas of my life. And it completely changed me. Completely yeah. changed me. And it was so comfortable. It was so much home for me. And my business took off. And uh, I felt more confident about working with women you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that there's something really important there that we need, if we're going to be working with women and rising together, that we do need to study that and really make ourselves aware of what that is and tap yeah. into those gifts that we have. Feel into it. And, and most importantly, you know, those of us that have had a glimpse of it, like just to, pa to pass it along. I just, it, I, it's coming to my mind as you're speaking a couple of months ago, la end of last year, I was asked to speak at a charity event. And the, and the woman said, I'd love you to speak to these women um, and really encourage them and, and, and inspire them that they can be just as good as men at, in their jobs. And I thought, ew, no, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Right. So I got up and I said, like this whole like I can be just as good as a man BS. Like we got to throw this out the freaking window. Like yeah, that's why not language just be, is really destructive. Yeah, like you can be as good as a woman. How about that? Right. You can be as good as yourself. Right. Yourself. Right. Yeah. And so and it's funny because I thought, oh my god, I'm really gonna piss them off because they asked me to talk about this, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's that doesn't. I'm not gonna talk about that. Good but for you. Yeah, but it was that that flipping of it, and I and I re and I was watching the organizer, who had asked me to speak as I was speaking, and like when she just kind of looked at me and was like, "Yeah," and then she was like clapping, and I thought, "Oh, thank God!" Right? <laughs> because I thought, mm -hmm. you know, but it's just this is this is where, and I said this, and as I was speaking to them, this is where we unconsciously 
have turned the patriarchy on ourselves, right? And we don't even right. know that this is toxic language to ourselves. Well, I can be as good as you. Well, how about I could be as good as me, right? Or, you know, and my gender's pretty darn amazing too, kind of thing. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so important that we pass on that message. Oh my God. Um, I just looked at the time. I realized I could talk to you probably for another like half an hour to an hour to maybe three, um, but <laughs> we're at time. Um, Marlo, what would you want the women listening to, to know? Um, you know, what little heartstring would you want to pull for anyone listening to this show women or men right i have male listeners as well right yeah i you know and i think actually you know and i'm gonna i'm gonna address both because there are men out there who are, are you know are stepping forward as well yeah and i think in some ways it's been really difficult for men to step forward amongst the me too movement i saw a hashtag oh, last yes. night and i loved it it was just men too like they just oh. added an n <laughs> i was like why don't I think of these things? You know, like I want to be the person who sees that because that's a brilliant hashtag, but it is, I'm doing a show really for those of just, this is just a, a shameless plug, but I'm actually doing a show on that. It's coming up in a few weeks. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. My girlfriend and, and I got together and we're talking about that same thing of like, there's such good men out there that are getting just the, the baby in the bathwater and we want to highlight them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And so I think probably what I would like to say is that whether or not you want to share your story is irrelevant and i don't want people to not to not do the healing and to not liberate that energy around that story because they're worried that they might have to step forward onto the big stage or make the big yeah. declaration or take the boss down or the, the most important thing is you and i i really believe with all my heart especially as i do this work even more is that I believe that people are still sitting in the sidelines watching other people come forward and they're not saying anything and they're just saying, I'm fine, I'm good. No, that's, that's not me. I never had that happen because they're worried that they're gonna have to have the spotlight on them. That's and I just want, I really just want to stress that that's not how it has to be for everybody. You don't have to share it with anybody that you don't wanna share it with, but I do recommend finding somebody whether like i said earlier a therapist which i am not or a counselor which i'm not or even just with a friend over coffee and just let them hold space for you as you wash it out or or journaling it or i know often um i'll say to my clients if because not everybody likes to journal right like let's just be honest um just walking around your house or going <laughs> out for a walk on the that. beach and literally just declare like just talking just saying the words out loud is so powerful it's like a, it's like releasing the pressure out of a pressure cooker you know it's just like a pssst, oh. you know and you liberate your energy and you give yourself space within to bring in new feelings and new experiences and so if you have a story and you're you don't want to share it publicly and so you're you're not saying anything you know i just want you to incur i want to encourage you to just step into your story and and do the healing have a conversation with self that's so important it's sufficient you know if that's mm -hmm. what you need to do i love that because it, it i it, i saw this happening when that me too thing came out and then there the stories that trickled out after and there were people saying well why didn't you say anything and you should have spoke up it's like well not everybody can yeah everybody feels like they want to be in that limelight and you don't that's have right 
And so we don't want to cause you to shrink even more because no. you've got to appear on some television show or stage or, you know, in your family living room and announce it to everybody. This is a personal exactly. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. Point. You know, and I, I just believe so strongly that it, that's not, that doesn't have to be the priority, you know? Um, if that's part of your vision, fine. But I do agree with you that it's the reason why a lot of people aren't saying anything. And mm. there's been a lot of pressure to step forward and be in the limelight. And I just think that we need to pull back on that and just focus on the person first. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for, for having me. Yeah. Just sharing your wisdom and your light and, and really for everything that you do. I, I, I love the tribe. I love the community. Mm. I love, um, I love how you're putting yourself out there. And there's so many other women that I admire around me that like, I don't have enough hours in the day to have enough shows. Um, I know. <laughs> everybody I know. On. But I just so appreciate that you took the time um, to be here because I think it's really, really important what you're doing. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Goddess. And I really appreciate the fact that you're doing this podcast. You know, I have so much. <laughs> I just want to like pump you up for a minute. <laughs> there, like there are so many people who are doing podcasts and I was going to do a podcast last year and I know how much work it is and I was just not ready for it. You know, I, I know the commitment, I know the time. So I just want to honor you for, for oh, doing this you. and for showing up and giving us platforms to speak. You know, it's really important. So yeah. You. It's my pleasure. I've realized doing this podcast that that's one of my gifts and, and, and um, just one of part of my mission here is, is to give people a stage right. selfish reasons. I get to have amazing conversations like, with right. Like yeah, you I feel and, right. And so that's, yeah, just, yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm going to receive that fully. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, girl. Happy thank Thursday. you again. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode make sure you head over to sherisespodcast.com and i'll see you there if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure you tune back in next week when i dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be and hey if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it head on over to itunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show 